like the cab to get to where he needed to be. Hey, it's been a rough road, Bob. But it's good we still walking Even though it's from a distance It's good we still talking Temptation or stupidity I will never comprehend Forbidden fruit that you desired Could have made us lose it Welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar, bringing you interviews in all the best music from the Gibraltar music scene. If you like what we do, like us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash music. Hey guys, welcome back to Straight Out to Gibraltar. It's Friday on at midday, and of course, we've had a bit of a two-week hiatus, and obviously due to Easter, and obviously our work and every and personal lives aside, a lot of things have happened, and we haven't been able to bring you the podcast. But what better way to bring back the podcast than with a guest, which is what we do um, every month? So today we welcome Chris Garderon, and of course he's part of Jip Floyd, he's part of the Layla Rose Band, has actually done a lot more than what he's currently in, but. We're very glad to have him on the show. So, welcome, Chris. Hi, thanks for having me, David. So, how are you doing today, Chris? Not bad, not bad. Thanks for Considering very much. the sunshine outside. Uh, lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> lovely day, but not a lovely day to be indoors. <laughs> no, no. So, when we're speaking about music, it's okay. Ah, it's fine. I, I agree totally. So, Chris, the very simple thing I ask all my guests, obviously, at the beginning is your humble beginning. So, tell us really what drove you to stop maybe playing an instrument, which is what you do now when you play the keyboard. So, who was the inspiration behind that? Well, it's a, it's a bit of a funny story, actually. Um, my, my music beginnings was actually with, 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 with the scouts, uh, you know, playing the bell lion, the first fourth, and, and stuff like that. And uh, one day, my, my brother Victor decided he wanted to learn how to play piano. And um, so my father, you know, he, he put him into a the, the Jewish school in Bombhouse Lane, uh, proper tuition. And um, I wasn't really interested, but as my brother was doing it, I decided I wanted to do it too. So uh, my father obviously enrolled me there, and um, half like a few months later, uh, my brother decided to, to he, that it wasn't his thing. So um, he left, and and I and I was going to leave because of my brother. And the tutor said, uh, talked to my dad, saying that I that I had potential, that I had more of an ear for music than my brother, 
which in honesty I find untruth because my brother has got a, a fabulous ear. But obviously he preferred the percussion and, and, and drums kind of section. Anyway, so my, my father had bought uh, my brother a, um, a Casio uh, keyboard and um, I, I actually left uh, the, the, the school, you know, the piano lessons and I just doodled and doodled along with my keyboard and, and, and just did my own thing and my brother would drum his uh, forks and knives on the table and, and, and basically that's, that is why I actually took up the, the, the piano because of my brother <laughs> indirectly. Um, and then from there, um, obviously, I moved on. Where was it? Ah, yeah. Um, in the Scouts. I remember being in the Scouts one day in Wellington Front, and we had the old Wellington Front rehearsal room there. And I used to pop around and, you know, see who was playing. And obviously, there was always an interest there, which I obviously never felt it would go this far. But I always used to pop around and see who was playing. And, and um, I remember seeing there. Uh, Peter Montegrifo, Christian Gatz, uh, Adrian, Adrian Episarello, uh, different people, you know, and uh, I didn't even know them yet, obviously, much younger than them. And uh, one day, actually my first band I'm, I'm, I'm recalling was with, uh, with Manuel Bonavia, yeah. a band called Asiria. Yeah. I can't really remember how we, we actually met, it took me years ago, it must have been 16 or something like that. Anyway, he, he asked me and my brother if we wanted to play with him and we started with him, but that didn't last very long. And being in the same rehearsal room as Peter Montegrifo, when he, when he, he, he knew that we'd left that band because we just never carried on, he asked us if we wanted to play with him. So um, with, I did, obviously. And uh, there I met Christian Gatz, which being one of my, uh, my best influences in, as a keyboard player. He, he used to play the keyboards. But being an all-round musician, he picked up the bass, and I mean, he's a great bass player, a great guitar player, and great everything player. You know, the guy is, is awesome. And uh, he would teach me stuff, he would loan me his, his keyboards, and you know, learned a lot from him. I learned a lot from Peter. Uh, for me, it was amazing being on a real proper band, you know, uh, and the type of music, I loved it. And um, basically, uh, yes, I, my, my, my beginnings was with, really with Peter Montegrifo and Christian Gatz. And when you look back, you mentioned Manuel Bonavia, Peter Montegrifo in particular. I dare say, probably two of the most underrated musicians that probably Jib has ever had, in the sense mm -hmm. Manuel is so accomplished. He like mm. posts video on social media of his guitar playing. He's got a great ear for music. So has Peter's done a lot of things that people maybe even forget about. You know, he's actually, like you mentioned, performed with Adrian. He's performed with Who's Who of Local Music. Mm -hmm. Like He was probably one of the first ones to perform at National Day Concert when it first started. So he's been around the block, and that was obviously his current project. With Surian, which we'll get to in a bit, is one of those examples. He can play anything and he's got a good ear for music all around. Is there any keyboardist, maybe like from on a worldwide scale, that influenced you to drive it even further? Not particularly, not gonna lie. I mean, I've, I've, I've always liked um, the way that uh, Richard Wright plays. You know, obviously, Pink Floyd is my, my, my biggest influence you know, in music because I've always liked Pink Floyd. I like yeah. the sound, I like the feel, and the way. The way uh, Richard Wright plays, it's, I mean, he's, it might not be the fastest or, or the most virtuoso, but it's the, 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 the notes in a certain place, you know, the, the tones, and, and it's, it's the same as, as Gilmore with the guitar. He might not be the fastest guitar player, but he plays two notes in the right place, and your hairs, all the hairs in your body goes on end, you know. So, it, and the combination of both, for me, is, 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 is Pink Floyd, uh, without getting Roy Waters into the picture, because that's, that's another story. Um, so, 
I mean, I've always admired the, the, the keyboard player in Deep Purple and stuff, you know, and stuff like that, you know, the, the Hammond organ sounds. But Richard Wright would be one of yeah. my influences. But it doesn't mean I took it up because of, of him, you know. Yeah. I discovered that later on. Yeah. And obviously you see the masterclass behind it as well, all around. And mm -hmm. it, like you, we'll go to the deployed stuff later, but it, it only influences, influences you even more to tr try yeah, to totally. yourself in that particular way. When you mentioned, obviously, the Peter Montegrifo fact and seeing Adrian Pisello, that's how far back he goes in the local music scene. May, people may not realise that, but when you perform to Peter for the first time, especially looking up to him, what was that like for you? Peter, from, from him, I mean, still is. He's an amazing guitar player, you know. His ideas, he's so original. Uh, I mean, he would compose anywhere. I, mean, I remember him being in hospital, he had a bike accident and, and he called me, can you bring my pedal board up? And I took up all his gear in the ward and he was set up on the ward and and, and he came out with, a, with, with half an album, you know, the, the guy, the guy is, is special in the way he yeah. composes, you know, and uh, not only that, uh, just the fact that he's got his fingers, you know, he lost part of his fingers and, and the way he, he adapted his playing, uh, which I found out later, for me at the beginning I wouldn't even notice he had two, two, two bits of fingers missing, and then I realised, like, what the hell, you know, uh, but yes, he, he's, he's an awesome player, um, and uh, he's been a great help in, in steering me away in the way of, of, of um, Rock Santana, the way the Hammond organ and, and, and Christian Gatt, obviously. So I have learned, I've got a lot to thank Peter Montegrifo because if it wasn't for him, maybe I wouldn't be here today, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I do have to thank him. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's very humble. That's one thing I've always learned from Peter. I've known mm -hmm. him my entire life. Yes. And obviously learning to see the, him as a musician, learning to know him as a person, he's always been very humble uh, with what he's done. And a grafter. I mean, we used to go to that rehearsal room and it was hours and hours and hours and hours. You know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a joke, you know. We had to graft and again and again. So, yes, there's many aspects of Peter which makes him the, the musician he is, you know. Yeah, and, totally agree. And he's awesome. And obviously, outside of Peter and obviously outside of Adrian, etc., did you meet any other musicians on your travels that you thought maybe that you'd become friends with along the way and actually to have that goal to become a band in, in the future? Well, or, I, or, or the of course. Uh, I mean, speaking locally, I've always admired um, Trevor Giliano, yeah. Neville Giliano, um, Brian Torres from Jade. Uh, from Jade you know, um, I mean, Trevor, Trevor is... He's not family of mine, but we are connected. My uncle is, is his uncle, you know what I mean? I, I used to go to my uncle's house in Christmas and, and there always used to be a piano there. And I, I, don't, I wasn't playing then, you know, and I used to just be in awe to see how Trevor and Neville played. More Neville actually would go there on Christmas and play. But then I, obviously in weddings, you would always come across after hours, you know? <laughs> uh, and they were in the scene, they were big, you know? And, and I would look at Trevor with all these keyboards and all these contraptions. I was like, wow, well, I love that. I'd like to do that one yeah. day. You know, but I still wasn't a player, you know, I didn't get on the keyboard when I'm thinking about this. So, eventually, I, I, I started learning, I started buying gear, and Trevor himself has helped me a lot, you know, and Neville. Uh, Trevor has passed me a lot of, uh, of, of ideas for equipment and how to yeah. set up and so on and so forth. I could be here forever. And, and when I've been in trouble, the first person I've called is Trevor Ilian. Trevor, sorry to bother, man, how do you do this? And he's always been ever so helpful, you know. Yeah. And he's opened the the digital side of the VST laptop uh, side of stuff, you know, because obviously um, who else could ask in Gibraltar knows about that, you know, the yeah. guy's a, a guru, you know, 
and I can never keep up with him because maybe I I get more or less the gear like he has and start getting closer and pop it goes up another level and gets something new and I'm like come on man I can never <laughs> keep up with you you know but the guy is is, is awesome and I've learned a lot um, admiring without learning um, otra vez se me olvidado Brian Torres. Brian Torres. I have been to Saks uh, on a night out and he's been playing with Jade there when there was no bass player and the guy was playing a bass line, complicated bass line, a complicated lead with the other hand and turning around and asking me for a whiskey and coke from the, from the bar, you know, and I'm like, what? That, you know, yeah. he's got three brains, you know, the guy is, is, is awesome. I think that's you where Jeb excels, like you mentioned, the, key, the keyboard players are very underrated, when it, especially in Jeb, like you just mentioned Trevor, you mentioned Neville. Brian Torres in particular. <clears throat> I see Brian Torres. I had never seen him live till about I want to say six, seven years ago. And as I had always heard from my dad because my dad is in his entire life as well. <laughs> Excuse me. And it was just you need to watch Brian play. I want to say I saw Brian play. I'm like now I know what you the mean. guy is just another level, you know. Without the appreciating Trevor Neville, I mean, the old, the, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't consider my, myself a, a, a good keyboard player. I, I do the job. That's how we say the same. These people are virtuosos, you know, <laughs> in my eyes, no? Um, and uh, Brian, Brian's just got a special way of playing. It's the same as Trevor's got a special way of Neville. We've all got a different technique, yeah. you know? But Brian is just, he's got three brains. He, he can, yeah. can, you know, two different things. I mean, it's all practice, but at the end of the day, you need to have it in you. And you talk um, about the adaptive, uh, to adapt. Like to like to modern day technology, which is what Trevor does. He yes, Trevor does like, that. Brian maybe stayed more yeah, like uh, even at the time when he was yeah. progressing, he moved on. Yeah, because he hasn't performed in such a long time, he doesn't do it as often. But it's he pretty much did the same thing in that level. Mm -hmm. like if something new came out, you knew that Brian would probably. Well, it tends already. to happen with keyboard players because, the, the, like you said, the technology seems the digital thing be more advanced than keyboards and. and how can I explain? Uh, you couldn't do a, a digital, an uh, electric guitar on a keyboard and never sound right. The technology is still not, yeah. not there, you know. Uh, so it's like guitars. You need to have your amp. You need to have your, 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 your even if it's digital, it's still the same stuff. You know what I mean? The, the keyboard, the, the, the range is, is immense, except for guitars, obviously. It's immense, and, and the technology always seems to, to, to accompany uh, that kind of stuff. I mean, nowadays you've got loads of digital music stuff that you can use on that. But first it was keyboards, synthesizers, that was the, 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 the root of, of, of everything, you know? I mean, Pink Floyd started with big synths and as big as his room to create all these mad sounds. Yeah. Now that people are aware, I remember Surian has been teasing, had been teasing rather for the last few uh, months of a project that she was working on and obviously with a full band and obviously got to go and perform with Peter Montegrifo again and actually record a track with Peter Montegrifo again alongside Surian and Glenzimitz as well. So what was that like honor, that honor for you to play alongside Peter again? Well, it, it was actually quite, quite, uh, quite amazing because it's like I've gone full circle. I've, I've started with Peter Montegrifo. Sadly, I don't have any recordings or, or nothing of the sort, you know, of us playing. Um, I mean, got the CD, the Arrival CD, which I did take part. I didn't play the keyboards there, it was, it was Christian. Yeah. Because Christian did everything, but I mean, I did take part there. But I hadn't anything uh, recorded, any material. So now, uh, 20 years later, Surian called me um, to, to record uh, two songs for, for some competition or something anyway. So, so I said yes. So I ended up playing these two songs in the Rock on the Rock, we recorded a video. And uh, one of the songs, um, Who Am I, um, is 
it's one of Peter's old songs. I think it's over 30 years old on Sri Lanka's of the lyrics. So it has brought back the memories of the type of music I was playing then. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to go back and say, okay, this is where I started. And I, how comfortable I felt playing that yeah. compared to the beginning, because obviously I have 20 years of experience now playing a keyboard. At the beginning, it was a bit of a struggle. And yes, it was a, a special experience, very enjoyable. And uh, obviously, I would do it again. Whatever you know. And a huge honour as well to do it once again with Peter, like you mentioned. Sorry. The huge honour is there. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I, I hadn't played with Peter since I think the last time I actually played was 2004. It was a national day. Uh, it was in a band he had called Prima Noctum, which was Peter, my brother on drums, my brother Victor, and uh, this guy called Paul Lana, bass player. He's not in jib anymore. And it was a three-piece, and it was actually quite quite cool band and they asked me to play the keyboards for National Day and that was the last time I played with them. It was just three or four numbers. So yes, it was an honour to be back there and he was, I saw he was quite happy of of sharing the stage with me again, you know, and after so many years. People want to check out the Prima Noctum songs, they're actually in SoundCloud, believe it or not. Are they? Yes. Oh, I don't know, I'm finding out now, I'm going to have to look for that. <laughs> I've got them in my library, I'll yeah, send yeah. them to you later. Pretty cool. <laughs> Little piracy there, <laughs> within the GLMS. We're not pirates, but... When it comes to local music, nothing's off the limits. So we're going to play Who Am I by Surian and the Pizza Montague for band. So hope you enjoy it, guys.
And we're back to top two. So many things that many people not, may not be aware is that you actually did, pl did play live with the Spoons. <laughs> and for people who may, may be aware of the Spoons, is a band that was around, what to say, late 2000s maybe? Uh, I think it was 2006, So let's say go mid 2000s to late 2000s, mm -hmm. more or less. I'm getting old, so you can actually excuse Time my flies. mind. Yeah, it does indeed. So well, tell us about that Spoons experience and obviously performing and playing with Giles Ramirez and Christian Hawke and your brother, of course. I mean, and Christian Herald, what was it, Christian Herald? Christian Herald was on yeah, drums, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that was a, a special band. I mean, to this day, I'm gutted that it never carried on because the, the, the music was fresh. I mean, to be honest, I hadn't listened to the album since till about yesterday because I was preparing for this interview and I put it on and even my wife says, look, this is a shame. This music still today yeah. sounds fresh and unique and, and I mean, what can I say about Christian Hook? Uh, artist of the year, Sky Arts Artist of the Year. Uh, I can tell you he's, a, uh, he's a one of the most um, unique and uh, you know, accomplished musicians in Gibraltar. His ideas just flow out of his ears, his fingers, his mouth, whatever you want to say. Um, the story behind it was that um, my brother, being good friends with Christian uh, Hook, um, was going to the rehearsal room to, to listen to them rehearse. I mean, and they had a bass player or something. And I, anyway, the bass player left and um, there was a bass there. And he got the bass and he started playing with them, you know. And he said, Oh, Rick, uh, would you like to play the bass with us? You know, and, and that's how my brother transitioned from drummer to bass player in certain bands. Uh, so he did. So uh, they recorded the album uh, Triangles and um, Neville Giliano did all the keyboard parts. But I, I'm not, I can't say because I, I'm not too sure, but I think he didn't want to play live. I think he just wanted to record. Anyway, my, my brother suggested, uh, you know, Chris can, can play, you know. So they called me. And in this moment in time, there being about, I don't know, four or five years that I hadn't played a note because after the Peter Montegrifo, um era um, I met my girlfriend, kids came along, one thing and another, and I, and I didn't have the time to, to commit to bands. But I got to a point where I was more stable and my brother asked me, so I said, well, okay, I'll give it a try. So I went down with all my ancient gear um, and um, just jammed along with them, getting ideas and adapted the, the album to live, you know, because it was double tracking guitar, stuff like that. It was only one guitarist, so I was doing guitar parts on the keyboard with different sounds. And, and, and Christian is very original. He's very, he likes uh, to experiment. Yeah. So um, I remember I had a, a little guitar pedal rack, uh, boss, you know, really cheap, and I connected it to my keyboard, trying to get out a, a half decent sound because I didn't have good gear. And I came out with this sound, he loved it. Oh, use that, and it, it started to work. So uh, then, you know, I said, oh, okay, this is getting serious, so I bought myself a new keyboard and so on and so forth. And uh, we started playing live, you know. So I never took part in the recording, but I did take part from day one live. And I mean, we had a, a following which was growing. The, the music for me still is amazing, you know. Like I said, it's very fresh, very original. Uh, I learned a hell of a lot from Christian Hook. Hell of a lot. I mean, the guy steers you in the right direction. He's He's so humble, you know, and, 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 and that's where he taught me, like, less is better. You know, if you have to play one note, play one note. Why play the full chord? You need to. And, and little things which you go learning as you, you go maturing in music. You know, so, so that was great, great fun. Uh, I mean, Giles, 
great voice, suited the part. Christian Herrada, great drama. My brother did a flipping good job as a bass player. You know, I'm not forgetting anybody, no? No, that's it. Um, and uh, that lasted for maybe two years. We were planning on doing another another album, but mm, things didn't work out. I mean, for personal reasons, certain people had problems and, and, and they dropped out. And and Christian, I think, wanted to take the, 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 the painting drawing yeah. side more seriously. And, and it basically just faded away. And to this day, I still see Christian. I say, Christian, man, the spoons. We need to bring back bring the spoons, you know, because... Maybe a Gilles Vesta. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I would love to, 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 to play. We'll work on it. You know, because, because for me, it's something... It didn't last very long, but it was very special. I learned a lot from these guys, you know. And, and Giles, I see him. Giles, the spoons the same. And we, I mean, Giles, I, I think yeah. he would jump at a heartbeat. I mean, you he's going to do glow now. Really. Yeah. And Giles is always the perfect person to get on board. And like Christian Hook, like you mentioned... Very humble, very quick yeah. to adapt. Yeah. He, he would, sorry to interrupt, no, he, would, he would, we would rehearse on a Friday and maybe we arrange on a Monday and the Monday he would come with three new songs. But complete, I mean, he would say, well, I've got this idea, let's work on it. And we would listen to Christian, man, we don't have to do nothing to this. It's lyrics, melodies, uh, the music, everything, yeah. recorded in, in, a, in a, maybe in a, some cheap system, you know, something, but whatever, but it was complete. You didn't need to do anything. That's three songs in a weekend. You know, it, it, the guy's just uh, full of, of, of... And aside from listening to the Spoons album, for people who may not be aware, just listen to the Mr. Darcy album. It's oh, that, that was another... That's another level. Yeah, that's another level. that's another so level. So we're going to play the Spoons track, which is very dear to me as well. It's one of my favorite tracks from the album. Yes, it this is. This is House on Fire, and it's very catchy, very melodic, and probably one of the best ones on the album, like I said. So hope you enjoy it, guys, and we'll be back with part three very soon. And 
So guys, we're back with part three, and that was House on Fire by The Spoons, which obviously Chris played live with them, and obviously great memories, like you mentioned before we played the track. One of the great things that we talked about being called by Surian to play alongside our band, but one of the most beautiful things I just say that you've done is actually join the Layla Rose Band. What became the Layla Rose Band? So tell us about that particular chapter of your life, and actually wanting to form a band for Layla, and even just to play with Jonathan as well. Yes, well, um, obviously, I knew, I knew Jonah's uh, daughter Leila was was uh, into country and, and and playing herself. I mean, acoustically with her father. So obviously, um, Jonathan. One, one day we were rehearsing, I think, for Duke Floyd, or we just finished the concert. I, don't, I can't remember exactly, but uh, he did. Um, he did ask. Uh, he asked me if I wanted to play with them. Um, you know, make a band, Leila. It all started. The idea of the band was actually in in our Jip Floyd chronology event. We 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 did some acoustic acts, and one of them was Layla, yeah. with Jonathan. And um, <clears throat> I mean, um, Chris Cavilla apparently told Jonathan, "Look, if you ever make a band, uh, you know, I want to be part of this." You know, and and, and uh, our good friend uh, Tyron, um, he also said, "Look, I, I would love to play bass." You know, Layla. And Tristan Tonner the same. So everybody like approached, like if you ever make a band, remember me on here. So anyway, um, I never knew all this side of it. I mean, so one day Jonathan says, "Cricket, do you want to to take part?" We go, "Okay, why not?" So so we started uh, listening to the songs. I mean, and I found that for a girl that age, she's very mature on the way she 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 composes uh, her music, her country, and, and her passion for country. You know, which is very unique and and and. And original in the way that in Gibraltar, in that age, you know, country music, you know, you expect that. Um, and she takes it very seriously, yeah? Um, so obviously, she's got a father's influence, obviously. Jonathan is an amazing musician. That's in the DNA as well, from both sides. Of course, of course. Uh, but, but, but we're not going to take credit away from her, you know. She, she comes with, with brilliant ideas. Uh, when we rehearse, uh, we do maybe, because you got to mind that they were so acoustic, so we had to adapted to to a full band you know electric and, and keyboards and so on and so forth and we we, we try something out look at Leila what do you think and she's very honest no I don't like it oh yes I like it no she's a quiet girl but she she will speak her mind when when she doesn't like or like something so uh, she's got a personality even though she's only 16 yeah. 
So she's 16 now, she was 15 then. Um, so nothing, basically we, we started rehearsing, you know, learning the songs and adapting uh, the songs a bit slightly to make it more a complete song. Um, creating keyboard parts. I, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very, as a keyboard player, it's very simple and I'm not yeah. gonna, and relaxed and, and, and I enjoy it because it, I'm just playing. It's, you know what I mean? It's not like deployed, which is all technical. And, uh, it's great fun, but it's, it's stressful. This is like, for me, playing live or playing in the room, it's the same with Leila, you know? Play, yes, it's, it's very, very relaxed. Um, so basically, that, that's how we evolved. Uh, and um, we did a few gigs in the rock and the rock um sadly tyron tyron moya was was was, was sick and, and uh, unfortunately uh, he couldn't make a few gigs so i had to learn the bass parts on the keyboard um and eventually obviously he he had to say look i, I kind of carry playing so um we uh we got my brother victor yet again to get the bass and uh, he did he's doing a good job about it so um, from there, well, we, we did the May Day, uh, which we're doing again this year, and uh, we actually got called for the MTV Gibraltar calling last year. We did the main stage, which, I mean, at the end of the day, of course, it's an experience for me too, but I was loving it for Leila's sake. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm 43, I've done what I've done, you know, and for a, for a 16-year-old to play in the MTV calling, on the main stage, it says something, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, we had a blast. You know, she had a blast, and the crowd we had had a blast, and yeah. and yes, uh, fantastic music. Um, right now, we are we're in the middle of recording the songs. We've got Danny Far recording the songs. They're coming around pretty pretty cool, you know. So we're working on that, and uh, hopefully they'll be out. Uh, I don't know, maybe in the next couple of months. So. See how that comes along. One thing that we can be very proud of, Alicia at the GLMS, that the first time the Lay Rose Band performed was actually our, our charity event. Yes, that's true, yeah. And one of the key things that I remember the most about that gig was that you mentioned Tyron, despite how, obviously because he was already ill by then, yeah. and how tired he was, but he still wanted to get out there just to give Leila that satisfaction that the fact that she went out there with a the full band. And I think that's one thing to take away from Tyron. Yes, he, definitely. He just wanted to help out all the time. Yes, the, the, poor, the short poor man break and he with Leila Rose. was, uh, you know, typical uh, rock and the rock <laughs> problems and, yeah. and, and backlogs and that. It was getting later and later and later and later. And we were all looking around like, man, this, this poor lad, you know, he's not feeling well. Uh, should we cancel? And he's like, no, 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 we're not going to cancel. Leila, we've got to play with Leila. And he, and he pushed on like a soldier. And I'm yeah. dead proud of that man and what he did. I mean, with the whole band, we're all dead proud of him what he did that night and he pushed on and, 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 and we did the gig, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that, that's, I, w I would never forget that. I mean, never. I remember, I, like I remember I was telling Chris this and when I interviewed, uh, not when I interviewed, when we held our first event in October 2016, Short Break were meant to be one of the headliners. Mm -hmm. And I remember he had to cancel. Mark Anthony called me up and told me the news, unfortunately. And the first the message I got maybe after, straight after the event was from Tyron. And the first thing he said to me that he was apologizing for everything, and the the, the, well, the only thing I'll remember is that he said, "I owe you one," like to all of us. And I'm like, "No, don't worry about it. If you never perform, like, but he's like, "No, I I, I need to make it point for what you guys do for local music. I need to do it." And I think that's something we all will always take with us because 
it was like a goal, really, he, for everything that we've helped him accomplish. Not really helped him accomplish, but to promote just the local music from mm -hmm. Layla to his pre previous projects. He just want, it was, he was like his target that he wanted to play for the GLMS event. And once he did that, what, straight after, and like, that was a great set all around. It was a great response for Layla, like you mentioned, for the MTV thing as well. Like, everything was like set in stone for Tyron to make it happen. Yeah. And like, for you guys to perform that unit for Layla, and, and like, I didn't, Jonathan gets emotional talking about when he did, when we did it in February. Chris, the same way. I think we're getting emotional now without even getting into more details, but that's the way Tyron was. He never wanted to leave anything unfinished. No. And I think this album, that once it's, once it's out, I dare say, Tyron's input, just to give back to Layla, yeah, will always be there. Uh, the guy had the biggest heart. I mean, I, I didn't know him that long, don't get me wrong. I, I actually met him with the Police and Friends uh, gig yeah. uh, it was, uh, two, two years back now. Yeah. And that's where I had the pleasure of actually playing with him. Uh, I mean, great bass player, great personality, yeah. always joking about, great heart. I mean, all around great guy, you know, and it's yeah. just a big, big, big shame. Very well respected yeah, as well totally. in the local music scene. Speaking of about the Polyslam Friends, one thing we hear through the grapevines that it's going to happen very soon, Polyslam Friends number two. So would you like to be, be a part of that? Uh, well, if I'm asked, I, of course I would, I will. Yeah. I don't know what's going on yet. Something so is I, happening. Let's just I can't that. really say because I'm not organising it, so no. I'm leaving that for, for the organisers. Yeah. So, what, but, but going back to the previous one, to the first one, what was it like to be called upon? Oh man, that that was uh, that was unexpected, really, because, like I said, I don't consider myself one of the virtuoso keyboard players. I, I just do my job, you know. Yeah. I, I I work hard and I have to rehearse hard to do my parts, and and, and that's it, you know. Um, so when Paul called me, I mean, it was Jensen Callahan says to me, Paul Isola wants to speak to you. Paul Isola, you know, I couldn't even figure out why because. He's, he's, he's known my brother for years, in the same age in school and that, but I, mean, I knew who Paul was, he knew who I was, but we never actually spoke. So um, when he did get in, con get in contact with me, he, he did say about this project, and uh, I said, well, okay, you know, I was a bit overwhelmed, you know, asking me, so yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, we, we did it, and after asking me, Paul, what, why didn't you choose me, you know, just other keyboard players? And we're not many in Gibraltar. Because yeah. you guys are a rare breed, <laughs> you know. Because people don't, don't like keyboards, or I don't know why. Whatever, but we're not many. And uh, he said, "I'm going to tell you exactly why." He said, "Because I went to see your your Jip Floyd gig, the first one. It was actually the first one. It was must been the second one because he said when the two nights. So in the October one, just and I cried like a baby, you know, get, with, with the music. And 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 I had to go the next night. And I love the way you play the keyboard." So I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm grateful that you called me. So the experience, the experience was, was something magical. Yeah. Uh, I, there's nothing that I've done that compares to that, you know, because the, 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 the caliber of musicians that we had there, you know, it was a who's who in Jib. Um, you know, the, 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 the feeling that was something special about it, you know? Yeah. And then we got to the cave, we were all there, and, and, and you could hear a pin drop, and, and, and playing the cave is also, you know, usually when you, I mean, I've never played on a stage and you look, you see the audience going up, you know, that, that, that is quite, it take, takes you back because you're like, wow, they're all over me, you know what I mean? You, you, used, to, you used to see the people lie level or, no, they were going up the way and, and I was like playing and I didn't want to look up. I was like, man, you know, it was, it was intimate, it was, yeah. it was special, you it was know? It was very emotional as well. It was. Also to see, to see like a collective 
of the who's your local yeah. musician. Yeah, and, and, and the music, because like I said, breed, breed, I mean, I've never actually given breed time, and I, I mean, I've heard breed, but I've never, I'm not, not into like heavy uh, rock or, or whatever, you know, and, and uh, I remember the national day before, which they did casemates, and I was helping there with J2 Productions, as I usually do, and I was on stage on the side, and I was looking at the band and actually, you know, studying what they were doing. And I said to myself, bloody hell, these guys rock, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're tight, they're, 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 you know, I'm going to have to give it a bit of, uh, of time. So I went back home, started looking on, on YouTube, and I heard the, the River, amazing song. And, and then I realized, right, okay, I might not like the more heavy stuff, but the more melodic yeah. stuff I, I, I really like. So when, when Paul called me and, and uh, he gave me, uh, I only did, I think I only did two tracks. One of them was Look At Me Now, I believe. But obviously it was an acoustic version of the yeah. song. So when we started, when I started learning that song and putting in my keys, and this is, an, this is a great yeah. song, you know? And, and because I, I, I saw it more melodic than maybe than, yeah. than when they play it so full-blown electric, no? Uh, so I absolutely loved it, you know? And, and uh, I hope and I wish we can we can get together again and do it again, you know? I mean, it's like you mentioned, I think the clever thing about that entire gig was the fact that Paul was able to adapt all the Breed songs that he performed yes. in a very acoustic manner. Mm -hmm. no, don't worry, they've done acoustic stuff in the past, like even the Acoustic Rarity is one of their albums. But in particular, when you listen to them doing it, listen to Paul doing them with local musicians, the ones he's admired and the ones he's worked with, Four years was just a great collective, and yeah. when you did, even when you just uh, did San Don Caso by Diana with Adrian, he did uh, War with the Heritage. It was that it's that dynamic and that diversity to actually give back. Uh, okay, these guys do reggae. I want to adapt to reggae. These guys do metal. Yes. I'll adapt my metal to. to them. I mean, he, he's got he's got great ideas. Uh, you yeah, know, the guy you can tell he's been uh, out and about and doing all this stuff. I mean, he is and he's got the, the experience and the professionalism, and he's very clear. Yeah. Paul's very clear of his ideas. Uh, if he tells you, excuse my language, it's shit, it's shit. So, you know, he's like that. Exactly, but I prefer yeah. people like that, you know, to be honest. And, and, and because that, that, that makes you a better musician, you know. It does, yeah. Uh, not because you think you're doing the right thing or, you know, oh, it's good. And maybe they're telling you because they don't want to offend you. And no, 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 no. I'd rather you tell me, look, this is not working. That's the thing. I mean, you Paul know? tells you the way it is. Yeah, yeah, he'll tell you. Yeah. He'll tell you flat out. Take it or leave it, you know what I mean? And, and I love him for that, you know, because he's, he's very... That's the thing, he's been uh, around the block. And then when yeah, once he's, he's been around the block, he's been around the world. He's seen what's good, yeah, what's of course. Bad. So, he, of course, I mean, he tells you with a, in, a, with, in a good way. And with in, a good in, music, in music, in life, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about myself and all that. You always learn something new every day from everybody, you know? Yeah. But you've got to be open to learning. And I've learned from... From like I've learned from Peter Montagiro, I've learned from Chris Cavill, I've learned from Jonathan. I've I've learned from I've seen um, young guys do me and 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 I'm looking at what they're doing and like like Dakota, this band Dakota, I love the sound, you know. Yeah. And they go, what's this? This is this is it's fresh. And exactly, you know. And I and I still, you know, appreciate not because I'm 43 and I've done whatever I've done. I know yeah. it all. I never know. I never know it all. I'm always willing to learn, and that is a trick in life, really. And expand your your, yeah. your your knowledge, you know. If you close yourself and you say, "Oh, everything that's it, you're done," you know. Exactly. You have to open your, your eyes. You've got to gotta learn, learn from everybody. So we're going to leave it with Johnny's Lake, and obviously after this, we'll talk about Jim Floyd. And obviously towards the end, we're going to play the, both tracks back to back. We're going to play Mother, and mm -hmm. we're going to play Echoes, which is the final track. And you'll understand why it's the final track when we, <laughs> we come back. So this is Johnny's Lake by the Layla Rose Band, and this is actually a live version 
from the MTV Jewels of Calling. So I hope you enjoyed, guys.
So we're back, and uh, like I mentioned before, the Layla Rose Band track, um, both Jib Floyd tracks will be part four and five will be played together. Well, we usually play them separately, but it will actually be a lot different this time. So let's make it very simple. Gigi, obviously, it's Jib Floyd is something very dear, something that came out of nowhere, really, I dare say. Oh. And so tell us about that project in particular, and once it got off the ground, the ones that you wanted to have in that band, obviously you saw Chris Kavija, who he mentioned, and obviously Jensen Kajahong got on board, etc., etc. So tell us about starting that project and obviously the headaches that projects has given you, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> good headaches. <laughs> um, well, like I said before, I've always loved uh, Pink Floyd. I mean, I, uh, I've followed them forever. Uh, I actually had the, the, the privilege of seeing them in 1994 in Barcelona. From the whole band, I'm the only one that's actually seen the Floyd. Um, and uh, I've always been in all, not only the music, that the, the, uh, the lights and the, 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 you know, the, the, the projections and what yeah. goes on around uh, the Floyd show. So I've always said, oh man, I'd love to do something Floyd, you know, maybe one day a tribute, you know. And, and obviously, yeah, when, when the beginnings of music, you know, I've mentioned all these things I've done, but I've also had with my mates we've been jamming you know badly because we are taking things seriously and I would try the wall and this and that anyway I've always liked Pink Floyd so um, 2012 Jensen good friend of mine um, he, he called me to play uh, National Day and this was gonna be like the fourth year or something like that in a row and I'm like Jay man I don't really want to do National Day again you know uh, get another keyboard player and man I don't know who to ask there's very few of you <sighs> They go, come on, man. They go, okay. They go, the only reason I would do it, because I've been bugging him for four years, is if I do a, a couple of Floyd numbers. And it's like, man, Pink Floyd, come on, you're gonna kill the concert. That's not, that, that your people don't like that. You're mistaken. Yeah. This was a, this was an ongoing argument, which I think I won <laughs> in the end. I think so after, uh, after I think, six years later, you. Yeah. Won. Now he asked me, what's the next one? Next one? Next one? You know, he's the one asking me. Um, I was always bugging him. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Anyway. So I said that to him, they go, if you, if you let me do a couple of Floyd numbers, they go, I'll do it, you know? Um, phew, well, okay, uh, okay, so uh, who do you want uh, as, a, as a band? They go, well, they go, obviously, uh, first and foremost, I want my brother Victor the drums because he's as much of a fan as me, and I want to play with my brother, you know? So we got him. Um, guitarist, um, we were talking about it, and, and he mentioned Chris Cavilla because he would mention people, and I was like, I couldn't, not that, not that the people they mentioned were bad guitarists, but I couldn't see the people he mentioned playing Floyd. I, I couldn't picture it. And he said, Chris Cavilla, they go, look, tell you what, they go, Chris is being a friend of the family for years, because, again, he's not family of mine, but my uncle is his wife's uncle on the side, so we are connected. So he knows me since years back. Since you're in the womb, let's just... Yeah, not in the but maybe even half in diapers here, because he's not he's going to kill me. I think he's that old. Um, <laughs> we love you, Chris. I we do, really. Um, so I said, well, I'd love to play with Chris. I mean, the guy's amazing. He's a great guy. They go, ask him. So um, Jensen asked him, and he's like, he hadn't been doing anything for a while, I think. And he said, okay, man, I would do it, but I, if, I would love to do Comfortably Not by Pink Floyd. And he didn't even know that I already... So, oh, man, between you and Chris... And Victor, you're going to do a whole Floyd number. So well, we laughed it off. So he was on board. And then we needed a... And then it was like a mixed band sort of thing. So they, they got uh, Tristan Howe, yeah. bass player. Never met the lad. Great guy, great bass player. And Philip um, Barverde, 
was also uh, introduced. Who uh, better to have in that band as well? Sorry? Who better to have someone like Philip in exactly. that band in particular? Um, so uh, we did uh, Learning to Fly, we did uh, The Wall, part two, and we did um, Comfortably Numb, which was a, sa a challenge in itself. And obviously, like you mentioned, the fact that Chris wanted to play that song, like if he had only, I think, played that song, he would have just left the stage very happy. Yeah, he said he, he, in his back at least he wanted to do Comfortably Numb sometime in his life, you know, so, so, so we did. Um, so basically we did that and uh, we were, the next day we were packing up, so getting the stuff from the room, you know, all the gear, and we were having a drink down by one of the bars in Casements. And uh, we started debating, no, hey, why don't we do something Floyd? And, and, and Chris was like, Floyd? Go, yeah, man, why not? You know, well, we try. And, you know, it started developing there, and Jensen was up and down, up and down. We called, yeah, hey, come always. here. As always, you know, wearing away his <laughs> shoes. Um, called, hey, come here. What do you think of this? And he's like, come on, man, that's not going to work. They go, tu taqui cow, I say it in Spanish. They go, this has to work. And if it doesn't work, what have we got to lose? They go, look, why don't we do... And, and Chris said, let's do Dark Side of the Moon. They go, what? Okay, let's do Dark Side of the Moon. They go, we do it for the GBC Open Day, for charity. We've got nothing to lose. Yeah. Only just hours of our, of, our, of our life, you know, we're just rehearsing. I went, okay, you're bugging me, let's go for it. So then we decided, okay, who are we going to get as another guitarist because uh, we, 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 we decided we wanted somebody else. And um, long story short, we asked Jonathan because we felt we needed... Somebody who could play the guitar, somebody who could sing, somebody who could play the keyboards, if yeah. possible. Because obviously Pink Floyd have two keyboard players and I can only so much with two hands. So Jonathan actually said that he was like super, was over the moon because he'd been listening to us rehearsing and he was like, I want to be in this band, not the other one, you know, and <laughs> we never knew, we never knew, you know, we would have said, come over here, mate, you know what I mean? And I never, I've never met that man before and <laughs> lovely guy. Anyway, so we, we, we started uh, rehearsing. Uh, we brought in Julio Valerga as a bass, player. A bass player. He's an amazing bass player. Um, so we brought him along. Um, Jensen, obviously, J2 Productions uh, produced the, the, the show. And we got for backing vocalists, uh, because we said, like, let's do this properly, man. We need backing vocalists. So we got uh, Gemma Roca, we got Becky Ruiz, and uh, Corinne Cooper. And... Um, we basically started rehearsing, thanks to a good old friend, Ennis Morrell, because he loaned us the, 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 the rehearsal space. And we never knew what the result would be, if people would have liked it, or being 50 people in the audience, 20 people, but we don't care. We just said, look, whatever we make with sponsors, we give it to the charity, and that's it. So, um, the night came along. <laughs> I, re I remember coming down from my house, all dressed up, ready to play, and, and, and because we wanted... My aim was, I said, look, let's do this properly. I, I, don't, want, I don't want a, a cover band. No, we, we are a cover band, but I don't want it to look like a crappy yeah. cover band. Go, Let, let's do this properly. They go, let's try and give the audience the feeling that when they go into the Inces Hall, they're coming into a Floyd world, you know? Yeah. Uh, get them into the atmosphere. So, at the beginning, I wasn't thinking of, of, of visuals or nothing, but as we were rehearsing, uh, the guys say that I'm a bit crazy with my ideas because I get these mad ideas suddenly, you know, this <laughs> epiphanies, poof, let's do this, and like, ah, that's impossible, and, 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 and we're going to do this, and, and, and we do it, you know, I, I insist, yeah. and, and I push them, and I push them, and, and, and we do it. So I said, well, why don't we put animation? So I started figuring out how to do it, we're an old black table. So, you know, I started working all around, um, 
And oh, okay, what can we do for finale? Ah, we can let go a, a plane. What do you mean? Okay, yeah, we need a plane. And do you know somebody? Yeah, I got my bed. Got a big Spitfire, you know. And it all just happened. Yeah. It just happened, you know. And and things were getting more formal, more organized. I mean, Jonathan told me not long back, just Chris, when you were coming, all these ideas, I said to myself, this is not going to happen. And when I saw myself playing and all this was happening, I said, it happened. You know, he couldn't believe it. Um, so anyway, like I said, when I got down from my house down to play and I saw that the, 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 the patio, because the doors were shut, was absolutely full of people. Yeah, I remember. Full of people. I was quite, quite taken back. I was like, oh my God, it was who's who of musicians in Gibraltar. They go, we've got to pull this through. But yeah. for the side, uh, we've got to do this. So <coughs> we, um, I think I brought um, uh, my cousin's uh, son, Kagan, to act as a headmaster to open like the school. It all went amazing. People loved it. So everybody in and we started with this uh, intro video and, and uh, the people, the penny dropped that we were going for real. You know, people thought it was just going to be a cover. When they saw the intro video and all the, the effects that was going on, they were like, wow, these people are going for it. So... Um, we started the gig, started with Shine On and Crazy Diamond, and um, when we, we finished the song, there was like, it seemed to be for hours, and it was may maybe seconds, but it was a dead silence. Yeah. You could hear a pin drop, and I was like, oh God, people aren't like this, you know? And suddenly they just uproared, you know, and, and, and standing ovation, they go, whoa, what's this? And, and well, we just did the gig, great atmosphere, great sound, great everything. So um, apparently there were people queuing outside, wanted to come in, and there was no space. So um, people asking, when are you going to do the next one, next one? So we said, okay, let's do another one. So we did the first one in June 2013, and then we decided for October 2013 to do two nights. Maybe we fill one, the second one half, but let's try two. We sold out again, both nights. So, okay, this is getting serious now. Um, Facebook page, you know, started getting lots of likes, etc., etc. So uh, we decided, okay, why don't we do one big one? And um, we, we were planning, and we got called by the GMF then to, to play. You know what I mean? We were being approached actually twice before, but we, they were going to give us a um, two o'clock slot, you know, and we're like, look, uh, this is not going to work, because the guy, guy who called us said, look, I want to see what you guys did. And it's a soul, it won't work at two o'clock in the afternoon because yeah. we've got all these visuals and the lights and the lasers, and, and you won't get the same feel. So, I'd rather you give that slot to, to an upcoming band. Yeah. I, I'd rather not play. You know, I wasn't being big for my boots. I, I, I was like, Mira, I don't mind. Give the chance to somebody else because to do something I've done, I'm not going to do it. So, on the third year, he calls us, Look, I've got a deal. We're going to revamp the seaside stage. Uh, you will be playing at nine o'clock in the evening. So, we're like, Wow. You know, you know, this guy really wants us to play. So we we were rehearsing for the big concert, but we, we detoured and, and started doing this one. Um, and obviously I said, right, we need to do something better than yeah. we did last time. And it's only an hour, so we needed to get the five Floyd numbers so long so we could fit like maybe five, five songs, get the five best songs. Uh, and I started uh, experimenting with, uh, with animations, uh, you know, custom-built animations to make it, to make it our own, you know, not, not just playing back the, the Floyd original videos. 
So uh, I did that uh, thanks to a good friend of mine uh, now, obviously, uh, Andy Maresk, a German dude who I met through Facebook, uh, trying to research how to do the animations. And, um, He's the same one that did the filmography. Yes, yes, uh, that's, I brought him over for chronology. Uh, he, he, I, I, I met him through, like I said, for Facebook. I was trying to, mm, I was trying to make an animation of a wall breaking for Comfortably Numb, you know, and, and and I couldn't make it. You know, it was this problem called Cinema 4D. I just couldn't make it work. So I went to a forum, uh, a Cinema 4D forum, and I and I launched a question. He goes, I want to make this effect, and I put the video, and it was like instantly he answered. Oh, I, I, I've done that before, I could help you do it. So uh, I was like, who's this guy, you know? So we, we, we Skyped and, you know, we met through Skype. And um, he did a little test, is this what you want? I went, bloody hell, that's exactly what I want. You know, I did it within an hour. And, and he says, I'm going to teach you how to do it. So he, he was like, spoon feeding me, teaching me how to do the, 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 the uh, animation. So um, we used it on GMF. I mean, I, I've got the videos on the people just went... Ballistic when they saw the wall break and all, all we did, you know, so that was that was great. So that that went by, and we said, right, let's go for the big one that we were saying the previous So um, I brought all the guns out, and I said, look, we need to do a big numbers. We need to do things like echoes and p uh, pigs for different ones, and yeah. you know, going to the deep Floyd side, not just the commercial commercial. I haven't really got commercial, but the more known numbers and um, we ended up <laughs> doing a list of of songs that added up to about three hours of music <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh my god uh, so um, that's the worst headache you had I think. yeah yeah <laughs> we were trying to figure out which numbers there's so many songs and I'm like look that was too long you mean man we're gonna do it let's do it right people are gonna pay the given you value for money exactly. you know 25 pounds for 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 a three-hour show and you had three of the great Yes, not only that, because we, we obviously <coughs> thought uh, why, because the difficulty of everything was organizing the, the whole event, because obviously it was done by us, by, J by Jensen and myself. Obviously, the guys helped out, but it's, it was the first time I actually uh, organized something so big. It was a bit scary. Uh, even my wife was <laughs> a bit worried at one point. You know, I don't want to end up owing money, all, all this stuff, uh, but. We played a card right. We tried to be sensible about it. Uh, sponsors were great. I mean, I've got to still thank Eroski, La Barilla, Egypt Telecom, Givanco, Givoil, and uh, somebody else I can't remember right now. Anyway, so thanks to them, we were able to do this. And obviously, Jonathan Collado from Fresh, he helped me a lot. So uh, it was everything from scratch, stage, lights, uh, tickets, uh, security, everything, the whole, the whole work. So it was a lot of work over uh, a period of about six, seven, eight months. Um, and, um, and that's where you asked me about Andy. Yeah, I talked to him. We wanted to yeah. get it on film. It's a shame to do this, so I brought him over. So I actually met him in person. He, he, he did an amazing recording with 4K cameras, which I'm... If you go to your, our Jip Floyd uh, YouTube channel, you can see the videos uploaded there because um, we wanted to keep the momentum of, of, of all the hard work. Right, you know? So, yeah, I'm, I'm over the moon on how that turned out. As long as you're not on the dark side of the moon, you're fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> Any plans for another Jip Floyd concert coming up? <clears throat> well, there are plans. The thing is that right now I'm a bit um, tied up with work. And uh, what I want to do, I want to do properly. 
So I cannot promise it's going to happen this year, but there will be another one. I can guarantee you that. Whether it's at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. Or even the next. <laughs> I want to try and keep it maximum next year. Okay. You know, but but I, I, I have a, a, a plan, like I usually do, and if I get uh, together with Mr. Chris Cavilla, the plan starts growing because we start brainstorming, and I mean, he's a great guy for that. Um, it's a special thing. I don't want to give anything away. I know what it is, but I'm not going to give it away either. And if <laughs> what I've got in my head, I can put it out there, it's never been seen in Gibraltar before. And I mean, I know we've said it before, Jim Floyd never seen before, but this has not been seen before. And it's something that people look forward to. Same with the chronology, same way this all. I think all of them have always been something to look forward mm -hmm. to. And because of what you just said, like you, you promised something that ne never been seen before. I think the proof is in the pudding. It's, it's always full. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm very grateful. We, we had a, about uh, an attendance of about 1,200 people in chronology, which I did not expect. I mean, we, we also, I forgot to mention, when we did that event, we thought, right, after all this hard work, it's a shame to have all this gear here for just us. And why don't we bring in some other bands, you know, to take part, yeah. you know, trying to help. And, and, and obviously, because at the end of the day, the guys from After Hours are my mates and, and Heritage and so on and so forth. <coughs> so we, we asked them and, and, and they, they were on board to make it like a all day or half day event, you know, yeah. of local music. And, and I'm very proud of that. And, and I think it was quite successful. The only shame about that is that it was a very hot day. It was a heat day, yeah, heat wave, and not many people attended during the day, which was out of our hands, really. So I feel bad for, for the attendance for the other bands. But as soon as the sun set and we were going to kick off, the people just flooded in and flooded in and flooded in, yeah. you know? Uh, and yeah, I can't ask for anything, anything better, you know? I mean, we, we, we also brought in uh, inflatables from China, and I had a custom Spitfire made, massive thing, you know. So, the, not only the project's growing, our equipment. And the budget. Let's not forget the budget. The budget, <laughs> the budget yes, it does grow. Let's uh, not go there. A bit of a headache. But, like I said, if you, if you work sensibly with the right people and, 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 and try to keep, it, keep your, your, your feet on the ground, you know, yeah. it does work. What it you does. cannot do is just go all out and expect things to happen by magic. If I wouldn't have had the response in the other concerts, I would not have done this. Obviously, yeah. I had a gut feeling that, that we would draw people in due to our success in, in other concerts. Well, that's why we did. So final question for me is, uh, from me is going to be, where do you see the local music scene going at the moment? Obviously, now it's would you say it's more vibrant now to what it used to be? Yeah, it's definitely more vibrant than when I was 18, 19, yeah. 20. I mean, uh, one of the reasons I would assume was because of, of, of uh, places to play, you know. Uh, then it was what sax and and sax. <laughs> that's it. That's you know, the concept. That's and they had the regulars and maybe the odd uh, motorcycle rally. You know, uh, National Day was the the big thing then. I mean, the first time I played was mm, I think it must have been '98, '99 uh, in Ground. I don't remember that it used to be done in Ground, which were they were awesome, um, but Really, apart from all these dance, like After Hours and Jade, you know, things like that, uh, there wasn't much going on. It's mainly people in the rehearsal rooms and the garages and so on and so forth. Um, but now I think the, 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 the choice of playing, I mean, you go to Ocean Village and there's always somebody playing acoustic or whatever, you know, uh, in case, let's say, I've also got the... Um, 
I think the tunnel they used to do. Uh, Old Nelson. Nelson. Sorry, Old Nelson's. You know, uh, the Rock on the Rock, obviously. They, they, uh, Alan's done, uh, I mean, that guy's worked his ass off. I've got to give it to him, man. He, he's done a lot, you know. He's opened doors to younger generations, which we didn't have. We only had the Wellington front rehearsal room or, yeah, that's yeah. garage, you know. I, I used to, my first rehearsal room was actually my mum's attic. Uh, and, and the windows in my mum's house would, would vibrate. I don't know how that woman, you know, uh, was stood us playing up there, you know. Um, but now, thanks to Alan, thanks to, 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 to these, all these other pennies, which I mean, people, you know, youngsters are coming out yeah. and, and, and they've got the chance to, to, to play. Not only that, the technology, YouTube, all that, yeah. you know, uh, nowadays you go to YouTube and you pick yeah. up a guitar and, and you and can... there's more local music as well. It's more, it's more accessible local music. Exactly, of course it's more accessible, you know, and, and everything. Before I used to learn, like me and any other guy who's played from my age or earlier, you know, the, 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 the tape or the vinyl and rewind, play, rewind to a song, now you go there, yeah. you, you get the chords. It's too easy now. It, it's, it's, I find that people becoming a bit lazy, to be honest. Yeah. No, uh, it's like patches for, 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 for keyboards and guitars, you know, it's like, oh, uh, I've got this keyboard, I can download the patch of this song and that's it. I mean, uh, for Jim Floyd, I could have bought myself a Coke Chronos and buy the, the pack and I've got patched all the sounds there, but I didn't want to go down, down that lane. I like to create my sounds and, and, and try to get as close as I can and tweak and tweak. So that's all done by ear. And, and nowadays, everybody's very easy to just download for the guitar patch or whatever, so yeah. you do become lazy and I think you learn more if, you, if you're hands-on, no? Yeah, I mean, ask to Chris Cavilla with his guitar, he doesn't stop. Yeah. He's all the time tweaking, he drives me crazy. I mean, and, and, I, and I remember the first gig, the sound for Company Nam was like, wow, and now I listen to the one he used in chronology and, and I say, no, that wasn't wow, this is wow, and I bet you if he does it again, it'll be more wow. You know? Exactly. You the, the answer every time. Yes, so, so that's all due to hard work and, and, and tweaking and, and knowing how to, to, to program and stuff like that, and that is, Unfortunately, digital music is taking over. Yeah. And I was having this conversation with my wife the other day. They go, I've got to accept it because I w I've, I've got three sons, Vale. And obviously, they are like the, 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 I'm not going to say the rubbish because for him it's all rubbish. <laughs> but the stuff they listen now, and I'm it's like, he, do music. Yeah, he doesn't understand. No? And I'm like, Sean, man, come on, listen to this. And, and ah, they don't like that. And, and, and I'm all the time arguing with him and, and, and until I said to myself, right, I've got to accept it. Yeah. I could accept my father listened to Manolo Kovar, and I didn't like it, yeah. but he liked it. And he didn't like Aerosmith, which I liked, you know, so now it's the same. Exactly. But, you know. It all comes full circle in that way. It's a shame, but it's a shame for me, but not for him. He likes it, so yeah. you've got to accept that. At the end of the day, it will have a different taste. And I'm, I'm yeah. going to admit one something. I was never a Pink Floyd fan until about the Do you met me? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. So, Chris. Pleasure to have you on the show. Mm -hmm. Pleasure to actually have a chat with you after Thank so you. long. Thank you, mine. And obviously we're going to play the two songs back to back. We're going to play Mother first. Mm -hmm. Of course, Echoes is 20 minutes long, isn't it? 20 minutes. So and if 20 I minutes of goodness. If I must add, uh, the, the reasons why I, I, I chose these tracks is, I mean, there's loads to choose from, but Mother is special to me because I had the... The, you know, the, the, was very very proud of having my father. I was going to get to that. Yeah. Playing w with the accordion stage and, and that for me and my brother and, and Chris and all the guys was like having a seventy two year old guy, you know, there with us, rehearsing with us, you know, and and, and sharing the stage with him. Is, I think it's been the, the highlight of my musical journey, not yeah. career because I'm not a professional, but my musical journey and it always will be, you know. So that's a special moment, you know. 
And the reason for Echoes is because it was a challenge. And it was a big challenge. And we are dead proud of, of, of having pulled that one off. I tell you, we, till the last rehearsals, we were still making mistakes. Yeah. And on the night, it just happened. It was flawless uh, when it happened. Yeah, and, 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 and that I will never forget that, that song on you know that moment because it's so special and it's so long <laughs> but it's just unique you know i love echo so yeah. so you're gonna have almost 20 25 30 minutes of goodness yeah. coming yeah, up yeah you so. just have to put your headphones lie back and, exactly. and close yeah. your eyes always so again chris thanks for joining us guys we'll be back next week with our three hour episode believe it or not we're going to drive ourselves crazy with playing just three hours of local music but it's a good headache we talked about headaches before but when you're actually in a company of good music, but be it from abroad, be it from Gibraltar, it's always good fun. So get out there, people. Support local talents more than anything else. Support local music, because when you do, you're keeping local music alive. Thanks for listening, and of course, we'll catch you next week. So take care, guys.
Thank you.